ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. A couple of years ago, I was speaking at a conference of women lawyers, and I was talking about the six components, the pathways to flourishing, just like I'm doing in this series with you guys. And as I was talking about engagement, the idea of being fully present in your own life. A woman in the front row said, oh my God. I mean, she just like said it so loudly. And I paused and I looked at her and she said, last night I was bathing my daughter and I was on my phone the entire time answering emails. And my heart just went out to her. This is no judgment toward her. I've done it. You've probably done it. We've all done it. Well, I'll probably do it again, but it's just an example of how we're living our lives, that we're running around so busy, busy, busy. It's life controlling us instead of us being in control of life. I mean, is it any wonder then that we have an overuse of anxiety meds, of depression meds, that we have a lot of weight on us because we're just running around so fast in this culture? It's like busyness is honored when I'm not sure that that's actually something to honor. You know, it's like we come up to everybody we we meet and we say, how are you? How have you been? Oh, I'm so busy. Okay, well, that's, that's nice. We're all so busy. But are you happy? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel really engaged and grateful and present in your life? Chances are, if life is controlling you, and God knows I get myself into that place many times, But chances are, if that's where you are, then you are not fully happy and fulfilled. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about how to be engaged in your life. This episode is part of the six-part series that I began with positivity, right? I'm going through every other week in my solo episodes, I'm going through the different pathways, the proven research-based pathways to happiness and human flourishing. It's called PERMA-V. The P, remember, was for positivity. And today's episode is all about the E, which stands for engagement. Engagement, the idea of being fully in your life, right? Fully present, of having work that you love so much, you are in what the researchers call flow, where you lose track of time, having activities and hobbies that you just love to be in and you're so in it, using your strengths, not just mindlessly going about your day and whatever happens to you happens to you, but being intentional. Because wherever our intention is, our attention goes. That's how the brain works. Which is why at the beginning of a yoga class, when I teach a yoga class, I love setting an intention. And I ask the people in the class, what is it that you most need to receive today? Is it love? Is it hope? Is it peace? Is it connection? And set that as your intention. Because when you set that as your intention, what you're doing is you're telling your brain to pay attention, 
to opportunities to have that, opportunities to have connection or opportunities for peace. It creates a new neural pathway so that if you're in the craziness and chaos, you can come back to the intention, oh, I really wanted peace. Let me pause for a moment. Let me put both feet on the ground. Let me be grounded. Let me take a few deep breaths and be engaged in my life. According to the dictionary, engage means to occupy or involve, right? So you, your attention and your interest is involved. And I want you to think about your life and what are you currently engaged in? What mind chatter is your brain currently engaged in? Is it paying attention to? Is your mind constantly thinking about what went wrong yesterday, how you could have done something different in the meeting, why someone is not calling you back, all of the, the past, why did your in-laws you know, snub you at that particular event, anything that happened in the past? Or is your brain engaged in the future? Oh my God, what's going to happen? What if I don't get that job? What if I don't do well? What if my child gets ill? What if, what if, what if? So what we know, there's great work, a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now, is that pretty much when our brain is stuck in that past or it's stuck in that future, we're out of the present moment and we're not going to be as happy as we can be. Rather, we want to be engaged. We want to be present in the moment. And I'm not saying that this is easy. This is a practice. And meditation is one way in, and we're going to talk about that. Mindfulness is one way in. Using your strengths is one way in. And of course, you're going to want to stay tuned until the end of the podcast, because that's when I'm going to give you purpose power tools, including an online survey that you can go to in order to help you be more engaged in your life and know more about what makes you wonderful and what you need to live a happier life. So you're going to want to stay tuned for the whole thing. So when people think about being present in their life or being engaged, being mindful, often we get turned off, right? Because you think, oh, I don't know how to be mindful. I can't do meditation. You know, I started meditating about seven years ago when I started graduate school. And because all my friends were meditating and they would talk about, oh, I sat on my cushion for 15 minutes and, oh, I went on a meditation retreat. And my eyes, like, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. And really, I was rolling my eyes because it was something unknown to me. It was something I was kind of probably a little bit scared of because really, I thought, I can't meditate. My brain never shuts up. And so I said to some of my friends, I can't meditate. My brain never shuts up. And they said to me, Karen, that's exactly why you need to do it. And I started thinking about it and I thought, okay, let me learn about this. And what they told me is that the idea isn't for your brain to not shut up. That is not what it's about at all. The idea is that you learn to notice and pay attention to when your brain is wandering off and going into mind chatter that's not helpful for you and that you bring it back. And so it became a practice not to get my brain to shut up, but to notice, oh, my brain's been going off into la-la land, worry about the future or regret about the past. It's been going off for the last five minutes or God knows how long. I'm going to bring it back and then take a breath and go off and take a deep breath. And the thing is that the way our bodies are designed, right? So we are the product of thousands of years of evolution. And our ancestors had the stress mechanism, the fight-flight response for momentary 
short momentary situations that required it. So when a predator, a saber-toothed tiger or a bear was coming to eat them, when the floods were coming down and they needed to find new land, our bodies are designed so that when we have a moment of stress, then all of the unnecessary systems turn off, right? So our digestion gets turned off, our reproductive system gets turned off, areas that are not needed to handle that stressor get turned off, and all of the blood starts pumping to the parts of your body that are needed most in order to survive that experience. But that stress is only supposed to be in our lives, only supposed to be in our bodies for about 90 seconds. It's only there to help us fight or flight. But what we're living in is a state of constant stress and constant chaos. And it's not good for our bodies. And one of my favorite professors, may he rest in peace, Chris Peterson from the University of Michigan, one of the the founding professors in positive psychology, he says, when we know what we know, why do we do what we do? Right? We all know that this constant stress isn't good for us. What we need are the tools. So one of the first tools for you to consider is simply what I mentioned about intention. So in this moment, set an intention. What is your intention for listening to this podcast? Set an intention about what you most need to learn, what you most need to receive. Or set an intention about your day. If you're listening to this on your way to work, then what would you need most today? Set an intention if you're on your way home from work. What do you most need at home? Because what we know from the research is that where your intention is, your attention goes. This is all about engagement. is all about you controlling life instead of life controlling you. So one of the first things that we need after you set an intention and you're clear about what it is that you desire in this moment, in this day, what we actually need to do is to understand our willpower and understand that we are at choice. So I've said this before, but let me be super clear. Your happiness is your choice. In fact, for Women's Global Happiness Day, there is a women's happiness declaration. And the first line of the declaration is, my happiness is my choice. And it is understanding first and foremost that no matter what is happening to you in your life, and I know probably a lot is happening to you. I know so many of you, you email me and you are going through situations with partners or ex-partners or kids or parents. Work is overbearing. Pressures are overbearing. I get it. And the idea is that no matter what is happening to us in our lives, to remember that we are at choice about what we do. And so it begins with saying, I'm going to make a choice to become more engaged in my life, to be more present. One of the first things is to realize that you are in control of even the moment, right? So we can't control what happens to us. We can only control what we do about it. But what's required here, what the researchers call willpower or self-regulation, I like to think of it as showing up in the world the way that you want to show up. Because when life gets so busy, think about the woman at the talk I gave who was on her phone answering email during the bathtub, right? I've done this, so no judgment toward her at all. Question is, when you're bathing your child, how do you want to show up? When you're sitting at dinner with your family, how do you want to show up? When you are at work, how do you want to show up? And this isn't for other people. It's for you. What are the qualities, what are the ways of how you want to show up? 
And then one of my mentors recently used the word discipline. And I used to hate that word. I thought discipline just sounds like being controlled and it sounds like I want to run away. It sounds awful. But if we think about it, discipline is actually a key to happiness. Because if you have the discipline, let's say that you are sitting down to read a yummy romance novel, and this is your 10 minutes for yourself today, but the phone starts going off and you're getting texts or you're getting emails, it takes discipline to choose, no, I'm not going to answer. I'm going to be engaged right here, right now, and give myself these 10 minutes. And this is true of anything. Let's say you're in the grocery line and it's taking a half hour and the person in front of you is trying to use coupons that are obsolete and you just want to roll your eyes and you get so frustrated. It takes discipline to stand in that line and take a deep breath and look at that person with compassion that maybe she can't afford to do her groceries without the coupons. Now, I know some of this might sound Pollyanna, right? It might sound uh, totally not doable or unrealistic. But this idea of discipline, and it goes in the way of pleasure too, right? How often do you cut yourself off from pleasure because you're allowing other people to get in your way? I say to a woman, so take time and just take a bath for yourself. Oh, I don't have time. You do have time if you have the discipline to say to your children, the next 20 minutes is mom time. Everyone gets their own time. This is mom time. In fact, one of my best friends, this is what she did when her kids were growing up in the household is when they came home from school, everyone had quiet time because she couldn't just come home from work and suddenly be mom. She needed space. So she just had the discipline to say the first 45 minutes when everyone comes home is quiet time. So it's having that discipline, that willpower. And I know it's tough, right? When the phone rings and you want to see actually what what the research shows is that we become addicted to that ding, ding, because In our brains, we have a hormone called dopamine, and dopamine is the reward hormone. So if you smell fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies, dopamine starts to go off in your brain, and that's what feels so good. It's not the actual eating of the cookie. It's the rush of dopamine that you're excited that you're going to get to eat a cookie. And so what happens is that we get excited that there's a text coming in, and the excitement is someone wants me. Someone needs me. And so even if you're not conscious of it, that's why we're so addicted to the phone. It's fulfilling an an inner need that we have, that need to belong. You've heard me say it before that underneath everything, I think we all just want to be loved and we want to belong. And so the text goes off and we think, oh, I'm needed. We scroll through Facebook or Instagram mindlessly and we can have the discipline to say, here's what I really want in this moment. And what you're doing there is you're just valuing yourself. You're valuing your own time. And I know that this isn't necessarily easy. I mean, as I've been on this fertility journey, I've shared with all of you the last couple of years, I've been on a fertility journey. And I decided I was going to get super mindful and disciplined about my life, right? So I got pregnant the first time at 40 years old. The very first time that Josh and I had sex without protection, boom, we were pregnant. And then, of course, a couple of months later, we miscarried. And I was super sad. I was heartbroken. I was torn up. But I also thought, well, no problem. We got pregnant so easily. I'll get pregnant easily the next time. Little did I know it was going to take so long. And so after a year, year and a half of nothing, 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 and then I went to a fertility doctor, and I hated everything that that doctor told me, because basically he told me that my eggs were old and wanted me to go right to an egg donor 
I had to step back and say, wait a minute, what else could I do in my life for me? Like, how do I know that my body is functioning optimally? And so I started working with a nutritionist, coach, yoga expert, therapist, kind of combination of a woman, a fertility expert. And the very first thing she had me do was actually monitor what I'm putting in my body and what I'm putting on my body. In other words, to be so engaged, so present in my own body that I could see, am I putting toxins in that are not helpful for my end goal, my priority of being able to become pregnant and carry a baby? And so she had me look through all of the products that I used. And I was using just, I wasn't, I was mindless. I wasn't thinking about it. I was using just whatever shampoo was on sale. I was using whatever vitamin was cheap at the store. I just wasn't thinking about it. And so I really decided I was going to clean up my act. I was going to start eating differently and be really mindful, disciplined, engaged in my own food choices. And listen, if I... Sometimes I used to listen to stuff like this and I would roll my eyes. But remember, I had a higher goal. The idea of engagement is that you have a higher goal, a higher intention, an intention to rid yourself of anxiety and be at peace in your life or an intention to do work you love or an intention, a goal to love your life and be happy. And so I really was working on cleaning up my act, right? Eating organic. I stopped drinking caffeine. I got off of gluten. And I started looking at the products I was using and they were filled with all sorts of chemicals I couldn't even say. And I even started looking at my vitamins. Again, I would just buy the cheapest one. It was a prenatal, it said prenatal. And then I started to learn that not every woman can take in folic acid, right? It's a synthetic nutrient that's used in at least half of all women actually can't process it. And so, most women are taking a prenatal vitamin with folic acid and have no idea when what we actually need is the raw ingredient, the folate. And so I was thrilled when a vitamin company approached me about my work and that we were totally aligned and wanted me to try to start using their vitamins. It's called Ritual. And they use folate, which is the, the natural ingredient. And that's something that all women can process because Ritual actually cares about the ingredients. In fact, the founder, Kat Schneider, she had her own kind of WTF moment of what am I putting into my body? What am I putting into my vitamin? And so she looked for what are the actual nutrients that we don't get enough of in our diet and what do we actually need to include? And so I started taking these vitamins and the best thing about these vitamins, I mean, there's many that are amazing, but one of the best things about this vitamin is it actually tastes good. It's, they put um, it's like mint essential oil in and I've never had a vitamin that actually tastes good and that actually feels good in my body. I don't get, I usually if I take a vitamin without food, I get sick. And so really cleaning up my act, being engaged in the process of what I put in my body and on my body has been all part of my fertility journey. And I am so thrilled that I did. In fact, so thrilled that I partnered with them and want to share it with you. It's subscription-based. It's only $30 a month. They deliver it to your door. It's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free. It's made in the United States. No colorants. In fact, I've never seen a vitamin. It's a clear case. And you can actually see inside the vitamin what's in it. 
And I'm telling you, my loves, 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals that they need on a daily basis. 95%. And Ritual is the company that created a smarter vitamin with nine essential ingredients that women lack most. And so please go to ritual.com slash purpose girl. Again, ritual.com slash purpose girl and choose the clean ingredients. They are backed by science. And if you sign up now at ritual.com slash purpose girl, you and I can start comparing notes on how you feel on these vitamins. It's amazing. And the best thing is I just feel good about what I'm putting in my body. So I want to ask you, what are you putting in your body? How could you become more engaged in your life simply by being mindful with the products you use, mindful about the vitamins you take, mindful even with how you eat. Take this as an experiment. Pay attention at dinner tonight. Just watch, watch how fast people eat. It's like they're just shoveling it in. I've made a joke with Josh before and asked her, did your mom only make enough food for one person and you had to eat so fast because otherwise you wouldn't get it, right? So it was like, watch how fast people eat. And then ask yourself, if I were really going to enjoy my food, if I were really going to be mindful and enjoy it, what would I do? One of the most beautiful ways to become engaged in your life is simply to use your senses. Next time you can, get a strawberry and take that strawberry in your hand and actually feel it. Feel the seeds on the outside. Feel what that feels like. And it will just start to turn on some of those dopamine right, transmitters. Your brain will get excited about it. And then bring it up to your nose and smell it. Really taking in the aroma and noticing it, appreciating it, thinking about maybe the farmer that grew it. And then put it in your mouth where you can taste it, but you haven't yet chewed. right? So taste one of the senses. And then take one bite and listen. Like, be so mindful as you're taking that one bite. This will be the best tasting strawberry you've ever had. And I've done this with people with raisins, with grapes, with chocolate. This is an amazing experiment to do with chocolate. You enjoy the experience so much more when you are mindful of it, when you slow it down and you savor it. So research is super clear about gratitude, right? Gratitude, being grateful for what you have when we're on that busy, busy, busy roller coaster of life, the chaos. And we're constantly thinking about, I'll, I'll be happy when I get a boyfriend. I'll be happy when I can travel the world. Or I'll be happy when I can get a bigger apartment. I'll be happy when I get a raise. The key to happiness is to be happy now, right where you are in the present. And so gratitude helps us with that because it grounds us in what is good right now. And the research shows that gratitude, it's like gratitude on steroids is what we call savoring, right? I like to think of it as like a piece of taffy. You know, you go to like um, here at Atlantic City or wherever you're from and, and you take a piece of taffy and you can elongate it and elongate it and stretch it and stretch it. That's what savoring is. Savoring is taking a moment and really stretching it so that you're so engaged in that experience. So when you're eating a strawberry or a piece of chocolate, the way I'm describing, get really yummy dark chocolate and do the same thing that I just took you through. You're savoring it. And what that's doing is it turns on your brain. It turns on all of the positive positivity areas of your brain that turn on the prefrontal cortex, which helps you to be more creative and better problem solvers and build trust and connection and helps you to be happier. And so we can be mindful about what we put in our bodies. We can be mindful about what we eat. We can savor the experience. With that, 
Another concept in being engaged in your life is what we call flow. So I want to ask you, what do you love so much that you lose track of time doing it? You forget to eat, hours go by. And you can almost forget, right? So one of my clients, she paints, and this is her experience of flow. She's just so in it that she would forget that she even has, you know, family at home. She's in it. Now, you might think that that sounds crazy and bad, but isn't it wonderful to have an activity, to have a hobby, or to have work that you're so engaged in, you lose track of time? So researcher in California, Mike Cheek, sent me high. He coined the term flow as the optimal human experience. And he was so curious. He's a happiness researcher. And he was so curious about people who rock climb, for instance. And they're not getting any money from rock climbing. They're probably getting some physical pain from it. So why do they do it for hours? Why do they spend their entire weekend doing it? And what he found is that these people are doing it because that optimal experience of flow, of being in the zone, feels so good. It feels so good to be in, engaged in your life because what it's giving them, it's kind of just where their skill set meets challenge. It's like just at the edge of that comfort zone. And so it's giving them a sense of personal satisfaction. It's giving them a sense of fulfillment that they can do something at the edge of their comfort zone. It's giving them a sense of confidence. It's giving them a sense of achievement. And so the opportunity for all of us is to discover what would put us in flow? What would give you that feeling of optimal functioning? For me, I can get into that place when I'm giving a talk. My goodness, like 45 minutes, whatever amount of time, companies will say, how long do you need? Do you need 20 minutes? Do you need 45 minutes? I say, I'll take whatever you give me because I get so into the flow. Doing this podcast is the same thing. I constantly lose track of time. And then I'm like, oh my God, okay, my episode needs to come to an end now. So what is it for you? And ideally, you will have a hobby or hobbies that you are in flow with. You're so fully engaged. And then what we know is the more you're, or you'll have work or both. And the more you have flow experiences in your life, the happier you will be in the rest of your life. Because now you have filled up your heart. You've filled up your soul. You have really filled yourself up on satisfaction that when you're giving to others, you're giving from the overflow. You're not giving from kind of the, you know, where you're so depleted and so exhausted and you're just basically like running on fumes, that's when we become temperamental toward people. That's when we lose our temper. We become bitter, resentful. Having an activity where you get into flow allows you to fill yourself up so that you're giving to others from the overflow. Another aspect of being engaged in your life is doing, living, working from your strengths. So often our society and frankly, our critical minds focus on our weaknesses. Oh, I didn't do that presentation well enough. Oh, I could have done better teaching that class. Oh, why did I say that to my friend? Oh, I shouldn't have yelled at my kids. And we focus, focus, focus on what is wrong. Now, there is an aspect of that that can be good for us if we're using it as an opportunity to learn and grow and say, how do I want to do it differently next time? But that's not how most of us engage in the negative, beating ourselves up, harsh behavior toward ourselves. And this even extends, it's not always just us toward ourselves. We're constantly seeing advertisements that tell us that we're not skinny enough or our hair is too gray or something's wrong with us. 
And the same is true, you know, at work. When I work with a lot of companies and I talk to them about performance evaluations, performance evaluations often focus on what someone could do differently. And even if you have the best manager who's focusing on what someone did well, and then there's one point that someone has a weakness or could do differently, the human brain has what we call negativity bias, right? That bias to, to go toward the negative, and that's because of our fight-flight mechanism. Well, that means that typically what most people do is they'll focus on the one thing that they did wrong or their weakness. So we have to counteract this kind of natural way of thinking. As I said in the last part of this series, we have to counteract it with more positivity, more being grateful in our life. One way to do that is to intentionally, remember where your intention is, your attention goes, intentionally focus on your strengths. What is best about you? And in order to know your strengths, I I will always ask new clients to start working with, what is the best thing about you? And sometimes, often, maybe it's half and half, people will know and they'll say, I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm creative. About half the time, though, people will say, this is, I, I don't know. It's too hard for me to answer. And this can be hard for both men and women to answer. I think sometimes it's more challenging for a woman to answer because we've been told not to be boastful, not to speak about ourselves, to be kind and polite and quiet. And we're waiting for someone to honor us and recognize us instead of us recognizing ourselves. What we have to do is shift into knowing our strengths and being so proud of them that we are living from that place. And this is an incredible way to be engaged in your life, right? It's mindless chatter that can go on for a half hour, for an hour, for three hours to just let your mind run off with everything you did wrong. It takes that discipline. It takes that willpower. It takes that intention to say, let me focus on what I did well, right? So when I first started as a public speaker, you know, the first time I remember someone was on their phone. And I was concentrating on that one person on their phone. Now, other people were laughing or enjoying, right? But why is that one person on the phone? I kind of crack up now because the person ended up coming after me, up to me afterwards and showing me that they were taking notes on their phone, right? But my brain went into focusing on what, to, what am I doing wrong? What do I have to do to get that one person to pay attention? And now I've had to train my brain and keep focusing in order to give the best talk possible, in order to really engage the audience. People are going to get up and they're going to go to the bathroom, Some people aren't going to be into it. And I have to train my brain to focus on what I'm doing well and do more of that. Because the research is super clear. When you are focused on your strengths, what you do well, you are happier and you become more engaged in whatever you're doing, right? So research on working with companies and engagement. Engagement is a huge issue in companies right now where, according to Gallup, about 70% of the workforce is not fully engaged in their work right? It's like they don't want to be there. They're wanting to check Facebook or email. They're not excited about what they're doing. And I'm sure you either currently or have in the past resonate with that. And so a lot of companies are investing in engagement, engagement training, engagement materials. They're bringing people like me in to help with engagement. And it's so important because according to Gallup, $300 billion is lost annually, collectively, because of employees not being engaged. And what we know is that this is so interesting. When a manager focuses on employees' strengths and honors and recognizes those strengths and gives employees more opportunity to use those strengths, that is when a person is most engaged. Makes sense, right? We all want to be honored. We all want to be seen. We want to be heard. 
And so engagement is super important and knowing your strengths is super important. So there are a couple of ways that you can go about understanding your strengths. And here begins your purpose power tips. Number one, you must know your strengths. So as I've shifted my own mindset from focusing on what I do wrong to what I do well and aligning my whole life to what I do well, let me tell you, my top strengths are appreciation of beauty and excellence, right? My whole life is about appreciating excellence. I love being in a room full of people and being able to point out the person who's so creative and the person who's such a good friend and the person who is so charismatic. And I love telling people what is best about them. So it's aligning my actual strength with what I'm doing. Other strengths of mine are zest, courage. I feel so good about myself when I am being brave, right? So there is a tool, it's called the VIA Values in Action Survey of Character Strengths. You can get it on AuthenticHappiness.com. And of course, it's in the show notes, AuthenticHappiness.com and the link in the show notes. And this was created by two of the founders of positive psychology, my field. Um, And basically, it was created because when you go to a therapist, they diagnose what's wrong with you. They diagnose you as having an illness, depression or anxiety. Super important. But these two individuals, Dr. Martin Seligman and Dr. Chris Peterson, wanted a tool to diagnose what's right with you. Because what the research shows is that if we can support someone in knowing what's right with them, it is an intervention in itself for a survey to tell you you're kind, you're creative, you're a natural leader without even having to do anything. Just having this psychology, like these are top psychologists, someone from the University of Pennsylvania and someone from the University of Michigan. These are top psychologists who created this. And so that is amazing tool I love for you to know your strengths. VIA, Survey of Character Strengths, and it will tell you, it'll rank them and for 24 of them, it will rank your top five. And the way I do it is don't worry as much about what's number one and what's number five. The way that they show you, you don't even know what the point differences between number one and number four or between number five and six. So there could be several ties. So look at the top six, seven, eight, and what are the five that most resonate for you? And then ask yourself, how can I be intentional every day this week? Let's say one is creativity. So on Monday, you'd say, how can I be more creative today? On Tuesday, let's say another one of yours is kindness. Say, I'm going to practice an act of kindness today. Watch what happens when you exercise your strengths. You will be happier and you will be more engaged in your life. So that's purpose power tip number one. Purpose power tip number two is to create a mindfulness practice. Now, for you, that could be meditation. My favorite app is Insight Timer. Clients of mine also use Calm, and you can find guided meditations, you can set a timer. And the key here is not for you to have a blank mind, but is for you to notice when your mind goes off into crazy land and to have the intention of bringing it back to your breath. And then notice it again without judgment and bring it back. So it's practicing being engaged so that when you're giving your child a bath, you notice if you get on email and you say, oh, I'm gonna put the, the phone down and come back. Or you notice if you're having dinner with your partner and you your brain is going off into your to-do list or you check a text, right? I, I do that sometimes with Josh and I, okay, take a breath and come back. So it's the process of noticing. Another way to be mindful that I love is simply being in the present moment and saying, noticing everything that's around you. So right now I would say computer, microphone, lights, studio. And this might sound like a ridiculous exercise, but what you're doing is you're training your brain to notice 
what's in the present. Of course, we also talked about mindful eating and being mindful about what you put in your body. And I'm telling you just because I want to mention it again, if you have not checked out Ritual Vitamins, please go do so. Ritual.com slash Purpose Girl. Ritual.com slash Purpose Girl. I have been loving them and my mouth is still minty because I took them right before doing this podcast. And it's just helping me know and feel good about what I'm putting in my body. Purpose power tip number three is to start experimenting with what's going to give you a flow experience. If you don't know what gives that to you, then make this a year where you play with different hobbies. Play with scrapbooking and see if it engages you. Play with rock climbing, see if it engages you. Play with running and choose that you're going to do a 5K and see if it engages you and see where you get into the flow, into the zone. And let that be an experience for you that helps you to be more engaged in your life. Overall, all of this requires intention. All of this requires that discipline. And it's really discipline for pleasure discipline for happiness, that you are choosing to put a boundary around all the noise and craziness and negativity in this world so that you can be fully present in your life, so that you can be happier and you deserve that. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, this second part of the series on Permavi on flourishing. If you did, please, 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 as always, give us a rating give us a five-star rating. Give me a great review. I love hearing from you. Email me. I get emails from you guys every day and I love it. It keeps me going. It keeps me going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being so loyal as a listener. Of course, the best thing you can do is to share this information with people who need it. Share the podcast with your mothers, with your daughters, with your sisters, with your friends, with your colleagues. Contact your company. Have me come in to speak. I don't just speak to women. I speak all over the world with companies, men and women. Tomorrow, I'm going to speak at Capital One for a second time. So bring me in so that I can support your company in increasing their engagement in using strengths. I love having everyone in a company do a strength survey. Uh, Another one out there is called Strengths Finder, I should have mentioned, which is more of a business strengths. I love having people do that. I did this with a company, a worldwide company, where I had all their managers take this strength survey specifically for business. And then I started working with each of the teams and I flew out to London and flew out to California and worked with the teams on how to use their strengths and use their strengths to better their partnerships with each other, create teamwork, et cetera. I love it. So have someone like me come into your company, recommend that. Of course, please, 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 I love hearing from you. Follow me on Instagram, Karen Rockhind, Karen with a C. Follow me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind. Join the very free Purpose Girls Facebook group. So you can get questions and tools and more uplifting throughout your week. And as always, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now.